You're listening to Permission To, the podcast where we dive into the science and soul of owning your worthiness as a perfectly imperfect human being. I'm your host, Sam Jew, psychotherapist, positive psychology coach, mama to a beautiful five-year-old, Emily, and passionate advocate for living an inspired life. My aim is to show you that you have full permission to own your worthiness so that you can embrace your true nature and begin walking boldly toward your dreams. Let's dive in. Beth Ann Wynn is one of Australia's leading critical thinking and human skills facilitators, a multifaceted educator with over two decades of experience. She delivers training on critical thinking, decision making and problem solving. She is passionate about sharing critical thinking skills in accessible, engaging ways to demonstrate their value in professional, personal and academic context. So welcome, Beth Ann. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm excited too. Uh, I feel like we we were kind of having a little pre-chat and I feel like that could have gone on for an hour. I was like, right, let's just press record now so that Absolutely. we don't like <laughs> half of the gold. <laughs> it's been like a, a girl fanning, like fangirl from a distance thing happening. Really like all your stuff. So it's really nice to have a proper chat. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, I have been watching you from a distance for a while too. Um And the reason that I invited you on is because I have shared that I used to be a really indecisive person and I still, you know, still a bit of a trait for me. And a lot of the women I support um, have have difficulty making decisions and often end up kind of feeling quite stuck in indecision. And so I just saw you as an expert in critical thinking and decision-making. And I thought like, just come and share all your wisdom with us (laughs) about like, how do you help your clients and what tools do you use um, that can support people to help making decisions with making decisions? You know, it's such a common story, what you're describing there. And whether it's a CEO of a big company or just a mum trying to figure out how to parent. Like we're all human, and people yes. like people at every level struggle with decisions. Um, oh, where to start? There's so much. There's so much. Just <laughs> so much. Yes, I suppose. Yeah. Well, it's. I think it's always interesting to unpack what's going on. Um, yeah. Why are we struggling with a decision? And yeah, you know, even something as simple as sitting down, writing down on a whiteboard or you know journaling however works for you what's what's the story what's going on for you like is it overwhelm is it not enough information is it perfectionism um I was just recently listening to a book called yes woman um which Mm. talks a lot about perfectionism in women and and so when you're trying to make a decision and you're like but what's the perfect answer yeah Um, and you think like our whole education system now is like standardized tests. There is a right and there is a wrong. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of institutionalized to do the right thing, give the right response to what the teacher wants or what our parents want. And then I think as we get into adulthood and I've just turned 40 and I'm like, oh, God, am I an adult now? <laughs> a mortgage and a husband and two kids. I'm like, oh, I think maybe I'm an adult now, but I still joke about adulting and you know taking that responsibility for decisions but in terms of what's useful if people are really stuck 
I think breaking it down and saying, what's a way to to test out this decision? So, you know, for example, you're trying to move house and you don't know which suburb to go to. Could you um, rent an Airbnb in the area for a week and see what it's like or or stay with a friend that's there or just go hang out and just kind of trial things and maybe rent rather than buy? We get stuck very much on this is what I think I should do or this is what I think society says is the right way of doing things. Um, And I'm a big believer in just like figuring it out for yourself and doing it your way yes because often like we were just talking about you know even something like what you post on LinkedIn you go oh I think there's a particular way you're supposed to do it and I'm like oh I missed that memo I just started posting <laughs> and now because I don't follow what everyone else does people go oh you, you know what you post is quite interesting and different and I like it and I'm like cool <laughs> I- um I so agree. Like I was actually the why question to start with is really powerful, right? Because there's something about as women where we're basically told there's a right and wrong way to do things and we're told we should do things. So we're not really taught how to make decisions as children, are we? You know, it's um, and at school, yeah, it's not like, well, what most interests you or what do you think about this? It's like right or wrong, you know? And so I think you're yeah like it's so interesting to think about why like to ask yourself why am I having trouble making decisions first before you actually go through the process yeah and and you're right like generally speaking no one is teaching kids about decision making in schools yeah and more and more I feel like um you know it's there's, there's things that are bucking this trend but we do tend to kind of molly coddle our kids like we you know we make the choices oh you're going to do this after school activity and I'm going to drive you here and I'm going to arrange the play date whereas when you and I were growing up it was a bit more like oh I'm going to take my bike and I'm going to ride to my friend's house and I'm going to knock on the door and see if they want to play taking maybe as well yeah absolutely absolutely so um you know we were just speaking about my son he's eight and a half and he's been away for four nights without us at scout camp and I, my gut feel was, yes, I think this is a good thing for him to do. But I started to question that when some of our friends were going, oh, it's too young. They shouldn't yeah. be able to do that. Whereas yeah. I'm really into the whole concept of like free range kids and allowing them that space that I'll send them to like IGA or to Lawley's the bakery by themselves with some cash. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we'll follow and it's yeah. quite fun or we'll give them a walkie talkie. <laughs> but, you know, we, we do disempower children a lot and young people um because we're worried about them getting anxious or being worried you know, like we you know when I, when I was at school we had to do a presentation I used to stand up and shake and worry about it for days but it wasn't an option to say to the teacher oh I'm anxious can I not do this yeah it was yeah you're anxious quite you know fair <laughs> but you still got to do it it was not uh it was a non-negotiable um it's so it's, it's a tricky tricky balance and I'm, I'm not saying any anyone listening who's going oh my kid does have anxiety I'm not questioning that at all but it's just how much do we um, change situations yeah so that people don't go through those emotions and don't realize what they are capable of in the end as well it's almost like we've lost because I talk about a lot about like self the self-trust muscle and to, mm. be able to make a decision you need to be able to trust yourself and 
it's like if you're going to start exercising, you know, and lifting weights and you've got no arm muscles, you can't expect to just lift the biggest weight. Um, mm. Decision-making, if you have somehow been quite protected from decision-making, which, you know, in society I think most women are when they're younger, then, um, yeah, you need to start small, don't you, kind of like building those decision-making blocks. I liked how you said like have a practice, you know, like so maybe if you're making a major decision like where you're going to live, you know, go and stay at an Airbnb for a weekend and see if you like that. You know, I re- yeah, I really like that. Yeah, and I, sometimes I refer to it as like nibble rather than scoff. Like we yeah. feel like we have to jump in and sometimes that's the right thing to do, right? But um, if there's a way that you can approach a decision that's reversible or less consequential or both, yeah. um, then it gives you, um, like Jeff Bezos from Amazon refers yeah. to it as like opening a door. Yeah. You keep your hand on the door handle, right? It means yeah. you can test it yeah. out. So yeah. like when um, my husband and I moved to Perth, we were only coming for a year. We literally came with a rucksack each. We didn't ship anything. Yeah. We didn't sell our flat in um, Clapham Junction. Yeah. We were just like, we're just going for a year. And then my poor mum, yeah. <laughs> she's like, oh, it's only for a year. Then <laughs> 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 that we avoided, but genuinely we didn't think we were, well, we didn't know that we were going to stay longer. And now we're, 12 years in and uh you know the kids have been born here um so yeah but we we tried it in a very reversible way yeah and that makes me think of like sometimes when my clients have been overwhelmed I've said just make a decision about what you need for today or this week Mm -hmm. this month because sometimes it is those bigger decisions that we um yeah we overwhelm ourselves with um but I was curious if you have any tools for this specific thing that I've noticed a lot of women I work with that you mentioned it as well like there's this idea that there's a right and a wrong decision and so they tend to get like almost like frozen in fear of making the wrong decision because we have been conditioned to think that there's a right and a wrong and to be Uh so fearful of making mistakes Uh, Uh I'm really curious like what strategies or what tools would you offer someone who notices that they are maybe it's a bit of perfectionism you know like they want to make the perfect choice or the right choice Mm. I suppose this is where knowing your values can be very useful um and I'm sure you talk to some of your your clients about this as well but and the same like if you're in a business you're running your own business having those business values you might think oh that's what a big company does but it might just be the same as your personal values mine are basically um but then you can go all right should I for example one of mine is sustainability I'm very passionate about you know the environment and climate and um all of that stuff so when I ask my son I say should I ride to this meeting on my bike or should I take the car and he goes well what's your values Bobby yeah, <laughs> I'm that. like oh, damn I'm riding my bike yeah. um, and it's not that there's yeah. a right or a wrong like yeah. that's a very basic example but yeah. there's just what's right for you yeah. um, and and again it's that tapping into intuition I think we we live in the age of the expert and it's part of you know marketing for a business you go I know the answers I can solve your problem and sometimes I think I do myself out of business because I'm like no I firmly believe that you actually know what's best but maybe you're not tapping into that gut feel or you're not not consciously aware of you know what you're trying to achieve here so you know just something simple like what's it for such a great simple question um but you know say you're 
uh, I don't know, uh, wanting a new car, right? And yeah. there's no, there's like a thousand options. It's insane yeah. and it's quite overwhelming. But then you go, right, what's it for? Yeah. And what's important to me? Um, yeah. And, you know, for some people, it's a little run around. For other people, it's a four by four. For someone else, it's a camper van. Like there's no right or wrong. Yeah. And I, I feel like the older I get and the more that I do kind of more philosophy, I call it like, like practical philosophy based stuff, you go, there is no right answer. Yes, there is no right answer. <laughs> like clients will say, oh, what do you think? And I'm like, well, this is good for this reason, or you can do it this way and it's good for that reason. Yeah. There's downsides to both. Um, and this is where trying to write out a pros and cons list, you just end up full of like confirmation bias. Yes. There will be a gut feel. I mean, there's it's yeah. something super easy people can do if they're really struggling is like uh, the coin flip technique yeah. yes um, which you probably already know but like you know heads heads yeah. it's this tails it's that and it's not that the coin answers for you yeah it's how you feel about the way that it's landed no. and kind of tapping yeah. into that gut feel it's the same look well sorry it's not a visual podcast but I happen to have a magic <laughs> eight ball on my desk and I use it in a similar way right you yeah. just it's that oh let's ask the magic eight ball and see what it comes up with and always you go oh I don't like that answer I'll do it yeah. again <laughs> I always say to my clients, like, what are you secretly hoping that I will say? Or like, yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. But I think what you're saying here is like, we need to stop outsourcing our decision making and our and our wisdom. Like, there is no one who is more of an expert on you than yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's something I always say to my clients. Like, I I very much believe in circular leadership. Like that, I'm just there to hold the space and and share the wisdom. But I'm not like mm -hmm. this person, this guru at the top. But yeah. there are so many people out there who do teach in that kind of guru way of like, I know the answers and do it this way. And mm. it's so easy. I've seen a lot of clients get stuck where they're, they're feeling anxious, they're feeling indecisive, and then they start scrolling Instagram. Mm -hmm. And you know, there's like five different people who will give you five different answers. Oh, totally, yeah. And so I wonder if we've gotten more indecisive, you know, since social media has become more of a bigger part of our lives yeah I yeah and it's funny when before I left London I remember the book Yes Man was a big thing um it was written by somebody that I'd actually met a couple of times in London and then they made a movie out of it with Jim Carrey and it was all about <clears throat> it's all about saying yes to life uh, yes. because at that stage this was yeah. like you know Facebook yeah. was around but it wasn't in the same way I don't think Instagram was around and um so it felt like opportunities and offers weren't there as much. Yeah. Whereas I feel like I can pick up my phone, scroll Instagram for 10 minutes and there will be like a hundred things I could say yes to, yeah. whether it's a product or a service or, you know, <clears throat> working with someone or tickets to a show. And so we do like really need to put those boundaries on because yeah. like, you're right. If you're scrolling Instagram and you're feeling a bit insecure or vulnerable or concerned about something you will your reticular activating system mm. your like spidey senses will mm. switch on and you'll just go oh I think that's the answer yeah and then there's a bit of confirmation bias desirability bias where we we see what we want to see yeah. um and I think you know really in those moments what we should do ideally is throw the phone away like go for a walk sit down have a think or talk to a friend who's not trying to sell you something yeah. um and sometimes it's it's great to get an expert in. You know, we were talking earlier about having certain support people um, and getting that advice. 
and that's that's useful but even when I've paid for advice from people I've gone oh okay I'm gonna take the bits that I like yes and then I'm gonna you know mold it a little bit into what feels good for me because what feels right for someone else and they think is a great idea might not be comfortable um and I'm all for pushing your comfort zone absolutely but um it's also worth kind of sitting with it and going okay what what feels good right now um and I'm being aware of how you feel, you know, emotionally, physically. Yeah. Are you dehydrated and exhausted when you're trying to think what to do? Or yes. um, like it's yeah. okay to bracket a decision as well. You know, yeah. what comes up for me, and I think social media has played a part in this, is that we've we have lost our capacity to hold nuance and complex, you know, the power of the and. So, like for example, the decision I make every day, my daughter goes to daycare two days a week. And every day that I like drop her off at daycare, I have this like sliding doors moment where I'm like, oh, there's a part of me that would love to spend the day with her. But I'm also really excited to go and work in my business because I love it. And Mm. I used to think that was mum guilt. But actually, when I unpacked it more, I was like, actually, no, that's just me being aware of the trade-offs that with every decision I make, there is a trade-off. And so when I choose to leave my daughter in daycare, I do miss her and I miss out on that time with her. But I also get time in my business. And if I chose the other decision, if I chose to spend the whole day with her, I'd be aware of missing out on my business. And so I think like it's, um, I don't know, do you find this with your clients, but it's almost like people want to to find a decision that's perfect, like a choice where there isn't any trade-off, where they're 100% happy with it. And I just wonder if we don't talk enough about the fact that most decisions come with trade-offs and mixed feelings. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, the, the word to decide comes from side, like homicide. It, yeah. It's cutting off. Yes. Um, and I think yeah, you can spend your whole time worrying about what am I missing out on or what, what have I, you know, yeah. what decision, what has this decision led to? And it's really interesting yeah. to join the dots looking back and go, you know, because I chose this particular unit in my degree it meant that I got this job and because I got this job I got something else and this opportunity so it's always fascinating to follow that back um it's yeah I I like you know you mentioned nuance yeah it's so important and I think with critical thinking the whole kind of point is that we we want to see that nuance and unpack it yes when you're looking at something Say, for example, a, a newspaper article, you don't know the people, you're just going off what's in there. Yes. It's very easy to go, oh, here's the hero and here's the villain. Mm-hmm. Isn't this bad? You know, and, and the media really feeds into this, you know, black and white false dichotomy of this is good, this is bad, or these people are right and these people are wrong. Yeah. Um, and the reality, when it's a story you know something about, yeah. maybe you know a person or you were at the scene and you're like, oh, hang on a minute, that's not accurate. Yeah. So the more you learn about anything, the more nuance you realise there is. <laughs> and um, listening to a few sort of scientists on podcasts recently yeah. and the, the podcast, you know, the, the interviewer will be like, oh, you know, is coffee good or bad? Yeah. Or should we have more sleep or whatever? And uh, And I've had a few go, well, it depends because yeah. <laughs> it really does. There's no yes or no answer here. Yeah. Um, but again, we're kind of like conditioned into wanting a very clear, and it's it's human nature, right? We we 
we want uh, what's called cognitive closure. We don't like sitting in discomfort. We yes. we want to kind of, you know, put a line under it, finish that chapter, close the door, and you go, oh, life's messy and the gray areas are really, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff recently. It's like it's that willingness to sit in discomfort and uncertainty. Yeah. Gives people enormous power, but it's so hard to do. Yeah, and I've been feeling that a few times myself recently. And you're like, oh god. Yeah, we're not taught. We're not taught how to sit with discomfort. We're almost encouraged to avoid it. And um, I know for me, I have a bit of a motto like less thinking, more action. And that obviously yeah. that's not a motto that I would encourage everyone to follow. It depends <laughs> on if, like, if you know, there are some people who make decisions really quickly and easily, and, and maybe sometimes they need to spend more time thinking about the choice their choices but I tend to attract women who are pretty similar to me lots of overthinking mm-hmm. and like sometimes for me my business didn't start growing until I learned to start taking action more quickly and just viewing mm-hmm. as experiments that well let's experiment with this and see if it works if it doesn't I can try something else you know yeah I talk in um my strategic thinking workshop. So I try and make it quite personal. So often people choose a personal situation or something that's going on for them. And I talk about momentum maker, like what's the the little step that's going to get you out from going around in circles and get you moving forward in some way. Even if it's just reaching out to someone for a conversation, just Googling something, you know, (laughs) (laughs) just make a start, ask chat GPT how you do it, you know. Um, yes. and ask chat gpt to break it down for you even um and then often so i've got the momentum maker and mundane magic like often there will be a habit or yeah. uh, a routine or something that you know it's not boring uh, sorry it's not sexy it's quite boring it's just something that you do every day like go to bed on time or yeah. <laughs> do your pelvic floor exercises or <laughs> you know yeah. it's just that boring stuff that yeah you, you you got to do right drinking water whatever yeah. it is but there will be some mundane magic and for me it's like you know writing stuff down just yeah. whether it's actual writing for the public or writing down my to-do list just yeah. sitting down having five minutes to just write stuff down write it on the mirror in the bathroom I so often do <laughs> um, but that's you know one example of like mundane magic those things that you once you do it all the time it just builds um, yeah, and you get that. So for me, it's like booking when I'm in a bit of an indecisive place, I often will book a launch date or a book a course date and, and add it into my Google calendar. And it is quite a mundane thing, but it does create oh. that momentum. And, yeah. and then I, I'm less likely to slip back and maybe change my mind, you know, and obviously sometimes we do change our minds, but mm-hmm. I find making a, like a, a tentative decision is, is better than not making any decision. Yeah, absolutely. So and what, what, happens then like people get hung up there's like some cost bias and yeah. um you know they think I've already put in this much time energy and effort to something and now I'm stuck with it forever yeah. um <laughs> I had a situation earlier this week where I was meant to be uh participating in an event but there was a, another sponsor and da, da, da. so yeah. I was like oh okay no worries I'll pull back yeah and then it was a yes and then it was a no <laughs> and then in the end a uh, sort of middle person was asked to tell me oh no actually we don't want to proceed and I was like that's fine like it doesn't matter I, I really wasn't bothered at all but I could see that they were really concerned about my reaction uh-huh. um, and it became a difficult conversation for them to the point where they just outsourced it <laughs> 
hopefully they don't listen to this. I don't think they will. <laughs> Probably unlikely. Do you think that um, part of supporting our process to make decisions then is it also giving ourselves permission to change our minds? Because I find a lot of women shame themselves or have negative stories about if they change their mind. And that is sometimes what makes them stuck in the decision-making process too. Oh, absolutely. And yeah, to use your permission yeah. to change your, like, <laughs> yeah. we, we worry that something is forever. Yeah. And the reality is, on a you know grand life scale not literally nothing is forever um yeah. so if you you know you've given something to try I mean it's funny I got kind of a bit of a uh, pulling up on willingness to make decisions change minds try something new on a recent webinar and I was like a decision can also be to keep things the same but yeah. realize that that is also a choice yeah you know yeah. um so, yeah, permission to change your mind, permission to, uh, yeah, just follow the intuition, right? Because what was right yeah. two years ago in that situation may not be right now. You think about all the things that it will have changed in that context. Um, so it's good to kind of revisit stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what's your relationship to decision-making now? Because you like you're an expert in this area, like you teach people about it every day. So I'm really curious, like what, how you make your decisions and if it's like always easy or if you still find it hard sometimes. Oh, look, there's some decisions that I'm ace at. Like yeah. give me a menu, boom, I've decided within oh, two yeah. seconds. Love that. Um, <laughs> you know, my older brother sits for about half an hour and I sit and I go, oh, just make a choice. So sometimes, you know, impatience is a thing that I have to struggle, work with sometimes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's funny because people yeah. come to me and they say, oh, I, I was struggling with this, this decision. So I thought, what would Beth Ann do? Yeah. And I'm like, oh, God, now I feel terribly responsible. Um, <laughs> but I think similar to what you were saying with business, particularly, there's um, definitely a bias to action. And I think where it gets messy, actually, is because in business, I think you have to evolve. You have to keep changing and trying new things because you know, if your marketing strategy now on Instagram doesn't have reels, then you're crazy, right? Whereas five years ago, people were like, what, video? Oh, don't know about yeah. that. You know? Yes. Um, so in business, you do have to change and you have to try new things and experiment mm. and stay relevant. Um, whereas in your personal life, I, I think there's it's worth thinking about that a bit more and taking time with that. But, um, yeah. you know, the long game, I think, is important thinking about not necessarily exactly how I want it to be but roughly where do I want to be who do I want to be with what do I want life to look like in 10 years time mm. it's a really useful way to kind of just frame things well and go okay you know for example I've just set up a company rather than being a sole trader and it's part of this okay maybe right now it could go either way and it would be fine either way but in 10 years time I want to be at a level where it makes sense for me to have a company mm. um so it's sort of making the decision with the end in mind mm. um that, that future self decision making yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I mean I'm sure a lot of small business owners have experienced a bit of a slowdown this year and it, you know, it's it's sad. You're seeing some business owners decide to close their doors, and obviously, sometimes they don't have a choice with that. 
Mm. The thing that's helped me is to go, okay, well, maybe I am going to experience a bit of a slower year in business this year. And mm. I'm very privileged that I can can wait it out with thinking about what my big picture, you know, mm. like how yeah. do I want to be working when my daughters are teenagers? I want to be able to pick them up from school and hear how their day's gone. I don't want to be working yeah. full time as a hospital social worker or, you know. Yeah, so yeah 100%. I yeah. do think, you know, and, and obviously there are times in our lives where we have to, like there's more urgent short-term decisions that have to be made. But yeah. it is really powerful, isn't it, to think about the future. And I love the questions. Can you say them again? Like what was it, who I want to be, who I want to be around? Oh, what did I say? Yeah, what what does life look like? Yeah. Um, who's around? Yeah. Um, I suppose how do I want to feel as well? Yeah. Um, I suppose there's that that hustle kind of mindset we can get fall into and comparison. And interesting, you're saying you know, oh, a lot of business owners having a slower year. Yeah. Sometimes you know, other people can have a slow year. It doesn't mean that's going to be true for you. And yet, if we tell ourselves, oh, things are a bit slower, yeah. you know we create that story and then we look for um, evidence to support what we're saying to ourselves, you know, yeah, whereas I'm sure there's people out there that are killing it and having their best um, year ever. Yeah, um, definitely. I think it's a real, it's a, yeah, it's, it's kind of like COVID, you know, like every, it affected everyone's businesses really differently, hmm. but yeah, I have seen a few small business owners, you know, decide to go get part-time jobs or to close their businesses and, yeah. um, and it, it is in, like, it's like, how do you make a choice in the short term and the long term? You mm-hmm. know, and even that, like even deciding to, you know, maybe getting a part-time job, but that doesn't mean you're permanently deciding to work, walk away Absolutely. from Absolutely, yeah. I did that. Um, yeah. So, oh, 18 months ago, um, yeah. I know we were talking earlier about like, we were, we were sort of swapping who was the main breadwinner yeah. in the family. And yeah. so, yeah, I went to work as a consultant on a regular basis for a couple of different training organizations. And I remember at the time feeling a bit of a failure, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like, oh, you know, have, have I let myself down that I can't at this point, yeah. you know, make enough of my own sales. But yeah. it literally was like, oh, I need to double my income within yeah. a couple of months here. How do I do that and have some stability to the work? Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, you know you you do what you've got to do and you do what's right and it was only when I signed up for this consulting mm. work that I realized other people that I knew mm. who I knew pretty well were already doing that and I had no idea yes <laughs> I was yeah. really like oh my gosh you're here too like um so and it was really quite reassuring to um to find out who was there and, and how they were doing things and, and how it was structured and I did it for a year pretty much almost to the day I think um and I was really glad when I could say no I don't need to do this anymore and it's actually been beneficial since I've done that because it's created space for other things but at the time it was 100% the right thing to do I don't regret it I've got great experience I have you know knowledge of other training organizations now how they do things I've met some amazing people one of whom I'm hoping will come work for me one day (laughs) um so yeah it's I'm 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 big on like don't regret stuff yes I love that so much yeah sorry I cut you off there I was saying it's like I love that example because I think it's it's like that beautiful balance of like making decisions in the short term but also with that view to the future 
but also it shows how it's the meaning you make of a decision as well that matters so like you were able to reframe it as actually this is going to support me in the long term rather than it being like so many small business owners if they do have to take on like a little bit of extra part-time work or something like that will make it mean that they failed when it obviously that's not true at all like uh, you know I know so many um incredible business owners who would say yeah they had a part-time job for like the first five years in business or whatever so I love that example thank you for sharing that that's okay and I speak you know it's nice to just hear actually someone else Mm. feeling you know initially oh god I failed but um it actually led to I think get into landing some clients the fact that I happen to work at one organization in the same way that I often go oh yeah I used to work at UWA I'll just you know put that in there (laughs) Um, it's that that kind of halo effect of association with different you know different organizations different people different experience um so yeah lots of benefits and I think that's it you know you you exactly what you said you make your own meaning from it mm. I'm very glass half full I can find the positives of absolutely anything <laughs> yeah. yeah my supervisor my old um therapy supervisor used to have this saying all paths lead to Rome and I so love it because I studied social work when I was like I started when I was 18 and I didn't really know what I was going to do with that degree And then probably like six years into my career, I was like, oh, actually, I want to do like psychotherapy Mm. in Australia. That really meant I should have studied psychology, (laughs) like it would have been an easier pathway to go into private practice. Um, and so I, I spent time thinking, oh, I've made the wrong decision. I've got done the wrong degree. And it would have been so much work to go back and do psych when I already had so much experience, but I just ended up finding my own path to, to becoming a therapist in a different way as a social worker. Oh, 100%. Yeah. We got trained in the UK, actually, funnily. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, they, get, they do like this amazing CBT training over there for social workers and psychs and OTs. So I was very lucky when I was okay. over there. But I always use that as an example, like of that concept that, if there is no wrong or right decision, if we just see it all as a journey to where we're ultimately aiming to go, mm. there's so much freedom in decision-making, isn't mm. there? I love that, yeah. Mm. And and I, I really enjoy sitting down with someone and yeah. finding out their path. Yeah. And so the fact that, you know, you didn't do it the right way means yeah. you have other tools, other knowledge, other experience, which means you will do it slightly differently to how someone else might do it but that it may be a better fit for your clients and what you've ended up doing in the end that Um, was a funny interesting experience because I had a lot of people like there's a lot of social workers who are like oh I'm not as good because I'm not a psych but I've had uh so many counseling clients say to me oh I actually love that you're really different you work really different to a lot of psychs yeah yeah there you go exactly like people who do my line of work some some have like the work experience like they were in a senior leadership role and then they've gone to be a consultant some have marketing backgrounds some yeah. have um god I don't know they've done something completely different and then yeah. just revamped their whole life you know yeah. my background being teaching it means that my approach is very much about what are people going to learn what's the yeah. pedagogy how are we going to scaffold this what's yeah. the educational philosophy of what we're trying to do here you know um yeah. So the way that I do it is is rooted in, you know, teaching teenagers for a long time. And I'm like, <laughs> you're going to fall asleep unless I'm bringing some energy. Yeah, <laughs> Transfer it. that to a corporate environment. People are like, 
geez, wow, that was like really engaging. And I've been completely absorbed in what we're doing and the time flew and I'm like, that's how it should be. <laughs> that's how it should be. I love that. Yeah. And yeah, that's exact. That's another example of all paths lead to Rome, right? Like you, you could have said to yourself, oh, well, I want to teach this. So I should have studied this, but actually, no, you started off as a teacher and that brings like a whole lot of strength to what you're doing now as well. 100%. And I've sat with friends that do, I think they do amazing work and they have like senior leadership positions and they're like, oh, I wish I had a teaching degree because I want to do more in education or, and I'm like, oh, I wish I had yeah. experience of like managing teams and then I'd have so many more stories to bring, but we all just bring our own, our own experience and life, you know, every single thing we've done up until this moment goes into who we are, how we see things, our interpretation of the world and how we approach a decision. Yeah. Um, and it's so fascinating when you like unpack that with someone. You're like, oh, okay. You know, stupid thing. I nearly bought a particular plant in Bunnings earlier yeah. with my daughter because it reminded me of my grandmother. And she's like, you should get this one. And I'm like, oh, it'd be really bad in that environment. It'd be rubbish. And I'm like, oh, maybe I can make it work. I love the way you're thinking. And, you know, we've got to wrap up in a minute. But um. Yeah. Uh, only because I've got to go somewhere. Otherwise, I could keep talking to you for an hour. Oh, but I know who I really think needs to listen to this, and I don't really think I have many teenagers listening to my, this episode. But if anyone's a mum of a teenager, like I feel like it's in year 12 or year 11, year 12, when you're choosing your ATAR, when you're choosing what you're going to do outside of high school, I've had so many young people who are like so petrified of making the wrong decision. Oh, okay. And I think like hearing from you, hearing from me that like, hey, we've both ended up with businesses that are actually quite different to how our study and our career started. Mm. There is no wrong choice when it comes to like, yeah, deciding what you're going to study and all of that. Because there's so much pressure on these young people, isn't there, to make the right decision. You can yeah. see where that fear and indecision starts for us, right? Oh, totally. So I think, you know, be be willing to make mistakes. Yeah. like, and, and that's okay. And it's not... Yeah not a mistake it's not wrong it's just yeah. different and you'll yeah. learn so much yeah you don't even know you're going to learn you know yes. yeah and you don't care like in five years time what the decision you're making won't seem as big I think as well exactly exactly yeah Thank you so yeah. much so if people want to keep connected with you follow along and learn more about your amazing work where do you most hang out is it Instagram LinkedIn a bit of both <laughs> Um, a bit of both really uh Instagram I duck in and out of sometimes I get a bit like oh too yeah. much <laughs> brain um but yeah always on LinkedIn and um uh Instagram is a bit more like just me as a human being if you like though I like to think my LinkedIn's fairly personable and uh approachable as well so uh both those platforms website you know, um, just me, very easy yeah. to find. Just Google me, you'll find me. <laughs> Thank you, Bethann. I'll put all those links in the show notes um, so we can follow along and hang out with you. Uh, but, yeah, thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Sam.